Will you join me? We are going to read from Mark chapter 1, and I will be reading verses 14 through 20. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, in these moments, we pray that you will help us to open our hearts. We ask that you will illuminate our minds so that we may know you more deeply and serve you more fully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was a young bride, and I tried to make biscuits in the microwave. Jim told me we should save them because one day we would have a house and we might need to build a wall. I knew nothing about microwaves and less about cooking, but I had bought into this idea that faster is better. And it's where we all live today. We want to cook faster, we want to clean faster, we want to do everything faster, and we also want to do it all at the same time. We have misunderstood that multitasking leads to efficiency. We have all of this information at our fingertips, and we take all of this together and we work towards one goal, and that goal is to have more free time so that we can relax and eliminate stress from our lives. We may be faster, but I think if you would look with me at the world around us, you would agree that we can't outrun our problems. It's a pretty stressful place. And maybe, just maybe, the pace of our lives is actually at the root of some of the anxiety that we feel. Now, I'm not here this morning to ask you to rethink the pace of your life, to change the pace of your life. I think that's probably impractical, maybe impossible, consider the world in which we live. But I am asking you to reflect on the possibility that you need to find some slow time. Time away from schedules, time away from to-do lists, time that is not supposed to be efficient, time to spend with Jesus. Think of it as a little slow cooker living in a microwave world. 
Today we join the disciples, four fishermen, and we can learn about the call of Jesus on their lives. Mark, in his gospel, he moves things along pretty quickly. And when you begin in chapter 1, you find out that John the Baptist has been on this scene. Jesus has already been baptized. He has been led away into the wilderness and faced Satan in 40 days and 40 nights of temptations. Jesus has returned, and he has found that John has been arrested and thrown in Herod's prison. Jesus sees this as a signal. The time is right for him to begin his ministry. This word time that we read in Mark's gospel is the word kairos. Those of you are familiar with this, I suspect many of you are familiar with this. There's two ways time, two words that time comes from. Two Greek words are translated time. Chronos is one word. Chronos means linear time. So you would think of that as seconds and minutes and days following in a pattern. Chronos is linear time, but Kairos is God's time. When the time is right, when God's plan has come to pass. And Kairos is the word that Mark chooses to use in this passage. So it's God's time for Jesus to step out onto this stage of redemptive history and to begin to announce the good news, to proclaim that God's kingdom has arrived. God's kingdom is here in Jesus Christ, and he calls upon all who hear to believe the good news and to repent. Now, you remember that repent is not an emotion that we feel but it is a decision that we make to turn around and go in a different direction. Think of it as the decision to realign your life with the values of the kingdom of God. And that is what Jesus is proclaiming. The time is right for him to begin his ministry. And so he begins to move and to proclaim he moves from Nazareth now to Galilee, and he starts far away from the seat of power in Rome and far away from the religious authorities in Jerusalem. He begins his ministry. It's sort of amazing when you think about it. The Son of God begins his ministry right in the midst of a whole bunch of ordinary people. He begins to move and talk and call and Mark takes us from this very general overview right to the specifics. And so here we see Andrew and Simon Peter and James and John, four fishermen. The fishing industry in the Sea of Galilee, which is really a big lake, is central to the region's economy. It's very important, and it requires great physical effort great mental effort, and a whole lot of attention to detail. These fishermen had to be able to jump in and out of boats all night long. They had to be able to drag heavy nets. 
They had to be able to mend their nets, to clean their nets, to care for their equipment day in and day out. But the payoff was worth it to them because in a time and place where people, most people struggle to survive, these people had some stability of income. We know that Peter has a house, and here we see James and John are in the boats of their father, and there's hired employees there too. There's a business that has happened, and it's happened through a lot of work and dedication, probably built through generations. So Jesus shows up to see these men. It's not a religious occasion. It's not some great big group gathering. He just comes to them right where they are, working and doing their job. And he speaks to them and he says, Come, follow me. Mark uses the word twice in this passage, and the word is immediately, and it's tied to these disciples' response. They don't hesitate. They don't procrastinate. They don't ask questions. They don't say, Jesus, where are we going? Or what I would have said, are we going to stop for lunch? No, they just leave their nets. They leave their father in the boat. And they go with Jesus. There must have been something compelling about Jesus. Something compelling about his message, his presence. Perhaps they had seen Jesus and heard him previously as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God. Perhaps they had been present at Jesus' baptism in the crowd. We don't know that. But we do know that they decided in that instant to leave it all behind and follow him. I think it had something to do with the last phrase of Jesus' call. He said, follow me. And then he added, and I will make you fishers of men. You see, Jesus held out to these disciples the promise of transformation. They would become the people God had designed them to be when they lived in relationship with him. So what happened to these men? If you read the gospel stories, you know that they spent three years following Jesus around. They ate with Jesus. They heard him preach and teach. They saw the miracles. They felt the love that the father had for the son that was poured out into their own lives. They spent time with Jesus, and they soaked it all in. But they were limited human beings, and we know they still had some issues. Peter ends up denying Jesus three times right at the moment of Jesus' greatest need. And then they're the brothers, James and John, perhaps not as familiar to us, but maybe you recall that they go to speak to Jesus kind of quietly on the sly, and they say, Jesus, how about putting us into place of power when you begin to rule and reign? And not only that, they bring their mother with them. Maybe they slept through all those sermons on humility. But still, they follow. They're there at the time of the crucifixion. They see the resurrection. They witness the ascension. And they gather in the upper room 
with the rest of the followers. And they wait and pray. And the Spirit descends and begins to indwell them. And suddenly, they are transformed. They have been with Jesus, and they have received the Holy Spirit. And now they will become the people that Jesus promised them that they would be. They are now fishers of men. It is the Holy Spirit who is doing the work of transformation within those disciples. But it happens because they have chosen to leave their nets, to leave the boat, to leave the family business, and to be with Jesus. So what about you and what about me? The call is the same. Jesus speaks to us and says, Come, follow me, and I will transform your life. The call to Jesus is an invitation to trust him with your eternity. But it's also a call to say, let me into your ordinary life. Let me come in and spend time with you. And for that to occur, you and I are going to have to drop our nets and leave the boat. That doesn't mean that you have to pack your suitcase this afternoon and prepare to head out of town. It does mean that in the middle of your ordinary, stressful, busy life, you've got to carve out some slow time. Time to be with Jesus. Time to learn from him. Time to hear him speak. You see, this is a supernatural thing that will happen when you determine to spend focused time with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is going to do his work within you. And when you have said, I will be with Jesus, you will find that you become like Jesus. And this is not only for your own benefit. When you become like Jesus, you have his love, you have his peace, you have his humility, you have his joy. And that transformation is not only for you, but it is for your family, your friends, the people you work with. It's for the sake of the world. So Jesus says to you and to me, follow me. How will we follow? Come authentically. Come just like you are. Come with your fears and your doubts and your anger problem. Come with your addiction. Come with your bad knees. Come with your frustrated marriage. Come just as you are. Don't wait to fix your life before you come to Jesus. You'll never do it on your own. It is when you follow Jesus that the Spirit then begins to move and to change you. Remember, when you rearrange your life to be with Jesus, you will become like Jesus. Come consistently. Come on a regular basis. Spend time with Jesus daily. Ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Let the Lord lead you. 
but make some time in your life for slow time to listen and to be with the one you follow. Come weekly. Make worship a priority because it is here that the Spirit moves in our midst. And all of this works together to transform you into the person that God intends for you to be. So come just as you are, come consistently, and then come expecting to see something happen. I have a friend who shared this with me, and she gave me permission to tell you. This is her practice, her spiritual practice. In the morning, she gets up, she gets ready for work. Before she leaves the house, she spends a few minutes with Jesus, thanking him for all of the things that he has done for her. Then she gets in the car, and when she gets in the car, before she starts to move the car out of the driveway, she prays, Lord, put me where you want me to be today. And she says that sometimes she has found out that that is in line at the Dollar Tree behind somebody who needs a little help. And sometimes it's in a strategic conversation with a friend or she has an opportunity to pray with a, someone at work. But Jesus is speaking to her in the middle of the busyness and the activity of her everyday life. And I am convinced that she's able to recognize his voice because she has rearranged her life. She has dropped her nets. She has left the boat. She has rearranged her life to spend some time with Jesus. So she recognizes his voice when she hears him in the busyness of her world because he is the one who's been speaking to her in those quiet moments. When you meet with Jesus, you can expect that something miraculous is going to occur. It's not because you are doing anything. It's because of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. The invitation to follow Jesus is always an invitation to receive the love of God. And it's the invitation to live in that love. It's a little like going to the beach. Let's say we all go to the beach today. We're going to a beach that's beautiful. The weather is perfect. There are these chairs that are lined up. And they're so comfortable. We all get in our places. And we're enjoying looking at the ocean. The light just sparkles off the ocean. It looks like jewels flashing in the sun. It's a beautiful place to observe. A few of us will leave those chairs and we'll walk to the shore and we'll let that water lap at our feet. We'll feel the sand, we'll feel the touch of the waves. But then a few will move forward into the water. We'll walk past the breakers, we'll jump, submerge ourselves, we'll swim in the ocean. We'll taste the salt, we'll feel the water on our skin, and ultimately we'll feel the power of the waves. Jesus calls and he says, come follow me. 
It's an invitation to receive his love. It's an invitation to experience the power of the waves. But it requires you and me to drop our nets, to leave the boat, to do a little rearranging of our lives so that we can be with the one who has promised by his spirit to transform us into the people he intends for us to become. What a beautiful life. What a beautiful way to live following the footsteps of the one who gave his life for you and for me. Will you pray with me? Father, we're so glad that you cared enough to come get us because we were off doing our own thing. We were so confused. We were living in darkness. And Jesus, you came. You came to us and you invited us into relationship with you. And you said, come learn of me. Come experience my love. So Lord, we are here and we don't want to leave any of this behind. We bring you ourselves just as we are. We're not trying to pretend any longer. We bring you our problems, our joys, our strengths, our weaknesses. We come. We come, Lord, consistently. We are going to rearrange our lives and our world to be with you. We need some space, God, to meet you, some slow time to be with you. And Lord, we come expecting to see you, to feel your presence, to know that you are working, and then to leave God, to enter the world, and to know that you are with us every step of the way. Oh, Jesus, we have come to experience your love, and we thank you that you are here to receive us. We pray this in your name. Amen.